sitting here with Nani in her apartment in Brookline on Harbor Street, and we're about to begin. There was no hotels in Everett, Massachusetts. So where were you staying? We had to live in a boarding house. There was no kitchen. So Amy and Neil, I bought them lunch boxes, and every day I would give them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because there was no cooking. And Amy went to Maimonides. It was called the North Shore Hebrew Day School, the same school that Nady went to, except Nady was younger. Amy's a year older. Arab Yom Kippur, the storage came and dropped me in this apartment that was only finished. They had remodeled the apartment on the second floor of a two-family house. Mm -hmm. And we moved in, and they came and unpacked Arab Yom Kippur. Everything was in big crates. Wow, and you were expecting at this time. Right. So how long were you in Massachusetts? Two years. So when you moved... When I moved in, it was Yom Kippur, and Elliot was not born until February. My due date was February 22nd, which was George Washington's birthday. At that point, I went every week to the OBGYN, and he said to me, you know, you have um, a little albumin in your urine, which is not a good sign. He said, you better go to the hospital. So Billy had to line up a babysitter for the two kids so who would pick them up from school. I started dilating and then it stopped in the middle. And my doctor had to sleep over in the hospital because he thought I might give birth at night. So he slept over and they gave me some kind of a knocked out. They knocked me out. Mm -hmm. And in the morning I gave birth and I didn't know I kept sleeping. Really? You gave birth while you were sleeping? I must have. Because I, because I didn't remember it. You barely no, remember it. But Bernard, Robbie's father, mm-hmm. came flying to Everett, and they saw Neil before I even saw him. Because you were knocked out. So when I woke up that morning, for mm-hmm. George Washington's birthday morning, right. I said, when am I going to have this baby? I was here all night. They said, you had it already. You had it already. Wow. And he was right on his due date as well. Yeah, and I could have I could have gotten a hundred dollars worth of baby clothes if I had applied, but I I always gave birth late, so I never thought he'd be on time. <laughs> That's amazing. So he was born, and his bris was Thomas Esther. So they had the bris in the morning. How, how was it to have a bris in, in in Boston if your community was primarily? Well, there's a little shul that was like a hundred and fifty years old. Mm-hmm. Was like a fire trap. <laughs> the Aron Kodesh had all these different colored bulbs all around. Yeah, it was really small time. Right. But there were 400 Jews in Everett, and they all belonged to the shul. And the women had a daven upstairs. Mm-hmm. So for Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, they always rented the community center, and they sat together. They didn't have a machitza. So what were my dad's early days like? After he was born. Oh, it was wonderful having him there because we were on the second floor of a house. Mm -hmm. His crib was in Amy's room because Amy would sing him to sleep singing, Charlie boy, Charlie boy, say goodnight and say your pre... Have you heard that? Yes. All right. She really took very good care of the baby. Mm Mm-hmm. When Elliot came home from the hospital, and the nurse was there already, Neil walked out of the baby's room saying, that baby has a very squishy head. Then we got scared. I thought, oh, he ruined your father. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, it was terrible. Right. I was really scared. So after that, we had to make sure Neil didn't have entrance to that. Didn't have access. Okay. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
But that room was a nice room and it had a big window overlooking the backyard where there was a big apple tree. Grandpa Joe's famous brother was Harry Herskowitz, who had been the advisor to FDR on the tax laws. He was a big man. He was an accountant. And he was a very well known. He was like the most successful, important Jewish accountant in New York. He ate at the White House. They had special dishes for him. So this man had already died. Oh, really? Harry had already died. Oh, okay. And my father-in-law, he was considered like the family god. So when Neil was born, my father-in-law wanted me to name Neil after that man, whom I barely knew. So his name was Chaim Tzvi. Well, my father's name was Yekusiel Chaim. So I said, I won't use the Chaim because that's my father's name, but I'll use the Tzvi. So that's why Neil's name is Daniel Tzvi. Mm-hmm. All right, so I did it with, with Neil. So sure enough, only it's born, my father-in-law comes flying up and again he wants me to name Chaim Tzvi. <laughs> so I said, I just named Neil Tzvi. Right. I said, we named him. He said, that's not the name. I said, I'm not going to use the name Chaim because that's my father's name. Right. So my father, who was there, mm-hmm. double-crossed me. He says, I don't have any problem. My father was never superstitious. Mm-hmm. He said, you can use my name. Don't worry about it. I was really angry at my father that mm-hmm. he did this because I didn't have a choice. We gave the name three to Neil. So we kept the name Chaim for Elazar. Right. I wanted Elliot to be named for my cousin Elazar, who had passed away already. He was right. a, he was young and he died of a brain tumor. Right. He wasn't at all from. He was actually a Trotskyite, and he visited me in the hospital. He was a very dear man. So, so you made it. So you used Elazar and then Chaim from right. right. And how did Elliot come? Oh, because at the time, I was reading a book by C.P. Snow about a man named, one of his names was Elliot, and I liked the name Elliot. And it worked with a luzzer. A luzzer Chaim, E-L is a luzzer, and right. E-L is Elliot. Oh, that's what I noticed that, right? Yeah, so that's so, how we got the name. And his name is Elliot Harry for Harry Herskowitz. Mm-hmm. So I have two sons named for the same guy because of my father-in-law and because my him. father gave in. All right. And Elliot was the youngest, and when Elliot was a baby, the two were already in school. Right. So I had a lot of time. Right. So you had a And that's when we came so close. And also, he was the kind of kid when we moved to New York, and I went to meetings, <laughs> I could take him with me. All he needed was one or two little toys, and he would be busy the whole time. He never bothered me. He was really very misudar. Neil was not like that. Right. So you were able to just take him with you, and he would entertain him. Yeah, he went every place. He, first of all, he looked very much like John Kennedy Jr. Don't forget, Kennedy was in the White House, and they had this little boy, John Kennedy, mm-hmm. and Elliot looked like John Kennedy with the brown curls, and, yeah. you know, he was a very good-looking little child, mm-hmm. and I dressed him very nicely. He always yeah. had that brown bottle, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When I walked with him, people, everybody admired him. Because he looked like the Kennedy? Or just no, because he, because was, he was handsome. Right. He was a pretty child. Mm-hmm. And I bought him beautiful clothes because of Farleen's basement. Farleen's had all these fancy stores closed once they got rid of it. Mm-hmm. He had beautiful, beautiful clothes. Really, the kind of clothes you would spend $100 for. So you're the one that got him into clothes, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, I, he's not really into clothes. He is, so he's got a nice wardrobe. Yeah, 
But I'm just saying, when he was little, he was so beautiful. You could tell that he wore very classy outfits. Right. Because I got them all off Eileen's basement. It sounds fun. Well, these are Billy suits were all the top labels. Filene's had all the top labels. Nobody knew that you paid so little for them. Right. So that's the story. Oh my God.